Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman, and I am the founder of Directional Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Let's go ahead and open up our Bibles today to Matthew chapter number 4. It's been a while since uh, we've gotten together, but uh, I am sitting in Grove City, Pennsylvania tonight. Uh, getting ready to go into the campus Grove City College tomorrow. And uh, I was just looking at my scriptures here. Matthew chapter 4 and the temptation of Jesus. Notice verses 1 and 2. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. So we see here, immediately following the Lord's baptism, which we spoke about last time, Jesus was led into the Spirit by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by the devil. Now, it's very important that we get something straight real quickly before we continue. God is never the agent of temptation. However, he does often allow things to come into our life to serve his sovereign purposes. Um, This is not temptation, but testing. And God tests or proves the man or woman that he plans to. To use every time. For example, in James chapter number one and verse number twelve. Uh, let's see, in the book of James, chapter number one, verse number twelve, it says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life. Notice when he has been approved. In other words, when he's passed the test, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. And let no one ever say when he's tempted that I've been tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. So God does not tempt us with evil. The devil does that. But God does use the trials that we go through as a testing period. For example, God tried Abraham by telling him to leave his family, go to a place that he would later show him. In other words, he wasn't going to show him up front. He said, you go, and once you commit to going, I'll show you. And I've found in my life God works that way. Uh, Unfortunately, he doesn't always show us what's around the next corner. He just asks that we take the turn. Uh, God later, you know, uh, tested Abraham by asking him to kill his only son Isaac. You know, Uh, and now we see God himself testing his son before sending him into ministry. So yes, God does test us. God does test you. God does test me. Another interesting point is that this temptation here of Jesus, which was certainly by the devil, but allowed by God, because it says that the Holy Spirit took Jesus out into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Um, This temptation was compounded by a fast, a 40-day fast that Jesus was on. Now, this 40-day fast matched the fast of two other men in the Bible. Moses went without eating while receiving the Ten Commandments in Exodus 34. And Elijah went without eating for 40 days in 1 Kings chapter number 19. And it's interesting to me, if you, if you study biblical numerology, 40 is very significant. It stands for trial, testing, 
and tribulation. For example, the spies, when they went into the promised land, they were there for 40 days. Ezekiel lay on his side for 40 days. God gave Nineveh 40 days to repent. And Jesus instructed the apostles for 40 days after his resurrection. The number of trial, testing, and tribulation. So now we're going to look at what is called the temptation of Christ. In Jesus' temptation, we're going to notice three very important things. The first is that the devil tempted Jesus without a context scripture. In other words, he was pulling something to make it say something that it didn't really say. Uh, there's a saying that I give to Bible college students. A text out of context is a pretext. And the devil is very good taking a text out of context. Um, unfortunately, so are a lot of us. Jesus responded with in-context scripture. And then we're going to see that there were three ways in which Satan actually tempted Jesus. So let's get into it. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If you be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So here we see this first temptation. And the temptation is that Jesus would turn the stones into bread to prove that he was indeed the Son of God. Here the devil is actually questioning the deity of Jesus. Now, when we talk about the deity of Jesus, we're saying that Jesus is God. Jesus is the second person of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus, now I've heard people say Jesus was 50% man, 50% God. Well, that's heresy. Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. He was all God, all man. He was indeed the God man. He's referred to as the Son of God, and he's also referred to as the Son of Man. That is called the hypostatic union in theological terms. All God, all men. And the Jesus and the devil here is questioning Jesus' deity because he says, if you are truly the Son of God. Um, the Pharisees did the same thing. You'll remember in Matthew chapter number 27, in Matthew chapter number 27 and verse number 40, uh, the Pharisees said, You who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself if you are the Son of God. Come down from the cross. Of course, many still question his deity today. Uh, there are groups that are referred to as Christians in the United States and around the world that are not really Christians in the truest sense, which means they reject the Trinity, they reject the Triune Godhead, they reject the fact that Jesus is indeed God. For example, you've probably heard of the Mormons. Uh, the Mormon Church, or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they do not believe that Jesus is, saying, is the same as God the Father. And said, instead, they believe that Jesus 
and Satan were actually brothers, sons of God, if you will, but not God. Um, you've probably heard of Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses teach that Jesus was actually Michael the Archangel. So when they talk about Jesus, they're not talking about the same Jesus that you and I are talking about. So you need to be very careful when you talk to these two cults, which is what they are. When they start talking about Jesus, understand they're not talking about the same Jesus that you're talking about. You know, John chapter 1 and verses 1 and 2 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Now, the Jehovah's Witnesses in their translation of the Bible have twisted that verse and say, to say in the beginning was the Word and the Word was a God. Um, no. <laughs> the Word here is clearly Jesus and Jesus was with God and Jesus is God. He was in the beginning with God. As a matter of fact, Jesus spoke of himself in Revelation 1, 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning. I am the end. So how can God the Father be Alpha, Omega, beginning, end, and God the Son be Alpha, Omega, beginning, end? Because they are the same people. <laughs> okay? Um, now, notice this first temptation. Another thing in regards to it, it's... It's a temptation that appealed to the flesh. Jesus, being 100% man, was 100% hungry. <laughs> okay? He was starving. Okay? And, uh, of course, I've read about fasts, and after a certain number of days, maybe the hunger's not there anymore. But, you know, when you... I remember studying in World War II when they went into the concentration camps and... You know, they got our poor Jewish brethren out of those camps. They couldn't eat a lot of food very quickly or it would actually kill them. And some of them did die because they were allowed free access to food and they ate so much so fast that it killed them. The same could have possibly happened here with the Lord. But that wasn't the point. The point was he was tempting him with the lust of the flesh. The Lord was hungry. Now, when we talk about the lust of the flesh, we find that in 1 John chapter number 2. In 1 John uh, chapter number 2 and verse number 15, it says, Do not love the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And then he goes on to explain what are the things that are in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And we're going to find here in these verses that the devil is going to tempt our Lord with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And we'll talk about that next time. Listen, God bless you. Hope that you have an awesome day. Remember that God does indeed love you, wants the best for you, and is working all things out for your good.